The group of men, the foundation, if you will, of God turning the world upside down. It would be this group of men that He would give the principles, His heart, His life. He would literally pour Himself into these men. They would learn about Him. They would in turn tell a world about Him. And yet when we come to Mark chapter number 8, the Lord is trying to teach them a tremendous spiritual lesson. But at the time, they were so blind to what was going on around them. And in response, he, he said unto them, How is it that you do not understand? He literally, he literally was just dumbfounded that they just could not or did not understand or they just didn't get it. And by examining these disciples, we are challenged to think carefully about our Christian life and how well we understand what the Lord is doing. Did you understand what the Lord did this morning, our presence. Did I just, you, you were left wondering, hmm, well that's interesting. I wonder what that was all about. I wonder why they all came to the altar. Why were the tears and why did they do that? I was, you'd be amazed at how many that failed to understand. And the Lord said, how is it that you do not understand? Three things forced the Lord to ask the question. And maybe He's answering that, asking that question today. Let me give you these three things and we'll be done. Number one, on your sheet. They were concerned with the simple. They were concerned with the simple. Chapter opens with the Lord feeding a crowd of 4,000 with seven loaves and a few small fish. On the heels of this spectacular event, the Pharisees were confronted the Lord and challenged Him to perform some sort of sign as if his last one of feeding 4,000 with seven loaves of bread which were very small pieces of bread and a few fish not good enough. Mark eight eleven, the Bible says and the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him seeking of him a sign from heaven tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said what doth this generation, why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily, I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto you unto this generation. And he left them and entered into a ship again, departing to the other side. And when they got on the ship, we notice first of all, number A, how narrow they're concerned. The Messiah's in the midst of them, the Lord's on the ship. 
They've just witnessed a tremendous miracle from God. I mean, it's a miracle you take a few, little bit of bread and a little bit of fish and feed 4,000, amen. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. And the Lord just performed a miracle. And they get on the ship. And someone said, did you bring the bread? No, I've got the bread. Hey, why didn't you bring the bread? Why is your job to bring the bread? I left you in charge of bringing the bread. How much bread we got? They said we got about, about one loaf. And they're discussing bread. And, and literally... All of a sudden, Jesus, he steps up on the other end of the ship and says, take heed, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And all of a sudden, when they told us, I told you, bless God, you should have brought bread. You've got us in trouble now. He wanted to know why there ain't no bread. I told you, now we're, now we're in trouble. Now we're in a fix because we forgot to bring the bread. And the Lord had just been uh, uh, antagonistically dealing with the Pharisees. And they're debating with him because they were religious lost men. By the way, a good sign that you're religious but lost and headed to a devil's hell, you're always wanting to debate the things of God. Good sign. And all of a sudden, he says, beware of the leaven. That word leaven is what was put in bread and it spreads. He said, fellas, beware of the leaven of Pharisee and, and of Herod. And immediately they go to talking about bread. And they reason among themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. About this time, I just see the Lord just shaking his head, saying, my Lord, what bread? Well, you totally missed it, totally missed him. Not only that, how narrow they're concerned, they were concerned about the simple. But notice, notice how needless their concern number being. That same morning, that same morning, He had taken seven loaves of bread and multiplied that beyond imagination. Just the other day, he took uh, five loaves and two fishes and fed 5,000 and said, how much did you gather up when we were done? And they said, 12 baskets. Now they've got one loaf and they're worried because they had forgotten bread and they were so needless in their concern. See, the Lord had proven that God will supply every need in our lives and the lives of our children. How many of you believe God can provide everything we need? Okay, how many lives like you believe that God can supply every need. Do we get caught up in the simple? 
and worried about where's the next meal, where's the meals going to pay, where's this going to happen. You would be amazed at the, at the Christian believers that say, I know Jesus is my Savior, but I just can't believe Him to take care of my family. I'm just worried to death. He can't take care of us. I'm just worried to death. What are we going to do? And they're worried and they're fretting and they're upset and they're, they're out of frame because they just, they believe He can take them to heaven. They don't believe Him to do. They decide, this was, by the way, this was the Lord's best. These are the dudes. He come by and said, Come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they threw down their nets and came and followed him. Hey, these are the dudes he's going to send out to evangelize. This is God's best. And yet, they're looking at him and they're concerned with the simple. And Jesus says, How is it that you do not understand? I want to ask you a question. Now, please don't just throw your hand up. I want an honest answer. That's sad to have to ask that in church. But I want an honest answer. How many of you, when you've been up against it, when you didn't know what you was going to do, God came through and you knew God did it? Okay, so why do we fall all to pieces tomorrow when the circumstance comes up again? Why do we do? What do we? Why, why do we fall all to pieces? And Jesus, because he doesn't change. If he if he if he can feed five thousand with five loaves and two fishes, can I remind you? If he wanted to, he could do it today, and he can do it tomorrow. And by the way, by the way, if he's fed your family all this long, he can feel from now on. Now I know we all struggle with those times and doubts, and we all have those times of doubts and struggles. But the reality is, the reality is, they were concerned with the simple. Number two, notice here, they were clueless in the spiritual. The busy day was winding down. The Lord's tired of debating with the Pharisees and that religious crowd. He gets in a boat and starts to the other side. And the disciples are arguing about which one forgot bread. Suddenly the master said, Take heed. Take heed. Pay attention, boys. Got something to tell you, gentlemen. Don't, Pat, I'm going to give you a great truth here. Don't miss it. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they totally misunderstood the words. They were clueless regarding spiritual things. Oh my goodness, the heart cry I have as we began 27th year is this, that to grow us and our church 
in spiritual things. That we would grow closer to the Lord. That we would recognize Him more and more in our lives. That we would have a walk with Him. Young preachers would say to Dr. Howes, what's the greatest thing that you can teach me as an older preacher? He said, learn to walk with God. Well, the greatest thing we could have is a walk with God. I want you to realize, if you have a walk with God, that's the answer to every need in your home, your business, your life, your family, your marriage, your children, everything. If you have a walk with God, it makes all the difference in the world. Literally, he charged them. And they reasoned. Who told him about the bread? When, I didn't tell him about the bread. Who? Did you tell him we forgot the bread? I didn't tell him we forgot the bread. He's upset now because he's one. He, I heard him say, leaven. That goes in bread. He's upset. He's wanting to know why we ain't got to bring no bread. I told you, it's your fault. You should bought the bread. They're disgusting. And it is ridiculous. It's what's disgust among God's people that's so petty and silly when a world's dying and going to hell. It is ridiculous. It's ridiculous what's being discussed. I'll be honest. People get out of frame over some of the silliest things totally clueless about the spiritual. You'd be amazed. There'll be more discussion. Man, I tell you, watch the trip, praise God. Hey, hey, like to float me to death this morning at the house of God. Totally miss God because, boy, they like to throw me to death. I'm going to wear me an overcoat tonight. That'll throw me to death. Or they'll say, and I love this, depending on where they sit in the church. One side's freezing to death. The other side's, man, I like to burn to death. I'll just tell you what's true. I'm going to wear my bathing suit tomorrow if I'm going to burn up. Totally missed it. Totally missed it. I want to tell you something about Darlene. I, I, whenever I, before I come in to preach, I try to go by the bathroom and look and make sure I ain't got no strings hanging down for my buttons or my coat. You know why? Because she'll miss the whole message. <laughs> she'll miss the whole sermon. She, she can't wait. To, ain't that right? She'll miss the whole Because <laughs> right after service, she said, come here. I, 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 the string just drove me crazy. Give me that. And so, you know, the, the silliness. They said they're reasoning among themselves. Notice, notice, they were clueless about His Word for them. He's making an important spiritual statement. He's saying, he's saying to them, He said, listen, fellas, don't let the Pharisees and, and their words influence you. He said, don't let that little bit of leaven find a place in your heart. And that little, uh, the leaven of hatred, don't let that hatred and that bitterness, don't find that little, he said, don't let it find a place in your heart because he said, it'll grow bigger. He said, beware of that. Beware of those people you're listening to. Beware of that person you're talking to. Beware. Boy, if they're negative, it'll affect all of you. It'll, it'll affect your life. It'll affect you walk with me. He said, I want you to be aware of that. And they were totally clueless at the word he had for them.
this morning, don't miss this. You're here. You're not an accident. You didn't, God didn't say, whoops, oh, son, so shut up, church this morning. I, I can't believe that. No, no, no. Before the mud slabs of this world was ever laid, God knew where you'd sit and where you'd be. He knows something else. He knows what's in your heart and what's in your life. And I'm going to tell you a little something else. You can put up the, you can put up the front. You can ignore it. You can shove it out the back door. You can say, I ain't paying it. Nobody's going to touch me. You can do all of that. But God had some kind of word for you here this morning. Now you get a right to choose what you do with it. I'm glad some chose to come to the altar with it. But some will choose not to. And they'll leave just as... And by the way, by the way, I'm going I'm to help you. I'm going to have, don't miss this great truth. People are wanting God's will. God wanted to show them something. Now, don't you listen? I'm going, to, I'm going to really give you a great truth. I'm going to ask you a question. How many believes God's showing up around here? Amen. You believe that? You really do? Then I'm going to ask you a question, something you need to think about. If people cannot find God or will not listen to God here, what makes you think they'll listen to God somewhere else? If God tells me to do something and I get out of frame with it because I don't want to hear it, and I'll say, I'm going to go somewhere else. What makes you think God's going to have anything else to say to me if I'm not willing to do what He's already told me to do? You see, it's just not. It's just not. Now I know that that messes a lot of people up, but that's just the truth of the matter. If I'm not going to obey God where I'm at, what makes you think we'll obey God when I get to where I'm going? Well, I tell you, and uh, so he he had. They were clueless about the word he had for them. A man once came to Pastor R.A. Torrey and complained. He said, I don't get anything out of the Bible. He said, read it. He said, I do. He said, read it some more. And he challenged him to read Second Peter. Then I, and he said, I want you to read every day for a month, Second Peter. Sure enough, by the end of he got done, at the end of 12 months, the man started telling everybody he talked to about Second Peter. They were clueless about the word he had for them. They were clueless about his work in them. He was clueless. He's trying to develop cautious, intelligent disciples. The disciples thought it was a lesson about buying the right kind of bread. They were clueless about his talking about their lies. Do you realize God, every moment in this, in, in this service, the Lord is trying to do a work in your heart to make you what you could not be apart from His help. He's trying to make you into something. Many are searching, do, 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 do. God wants you to be, be, be. 
And if you allow emotion to be in something, he'll wire you out doing. But if he can never mold you into being something for his glory, he cannot use you in doing something for his glory. He's interested in these fellers being something. They were, were concerned with the simple, number one. Number two, clueless in the spiritual. Number three, callous to the supernatural. Can you imagine? They're consumed with the issue of bread. I just hear Thomas say, oh, that's great, fellas. Just... My blood sugar is going to go out the ceiling now. You can't bring in bread. They were, they were, it's almost comical how silly the whole scene was. But they were just callous to a supernatural God. As a matter of fact, the Lord is no doubt fed almost 10 thousand people with just nothing. And yet, they just don't believe. They, they saw no miraculous, number one, they saw no miraculous a potential. They saw no potential. Having eyes, see ye not. They were spiritually doing this. Okay, okay, okay. And eyes, but they couldn't see. Having ears, and I don't know how they've done it, but they've done this and this all at the same time. I don't know how they've done that. But they had ears, but they couldn't hear. They were literally, they saw no miraculous potential. I mean, the last two encounters, God has done amazing. We will testify that we firmly believe that God can do absolutely anything He chooses, even that which is, lies in the miraculous and supernatural. Except for that, whom, I tell you that, I just, except that pipe, if you see my pipe bill, you, you, I mean, he thought, turn the heat on and the pipe's going to blow out the ceiling. We believe he can do miraculous things. Have you seen the gas prices lately? They're going up. Have you seen them? Boy, if you just under, you don't understand. I'm on the feast day coming. We just got so much money. We just, you know, have you seen the cost of living? Have you seen my car payment? And it affects everything we do. Our, our missions is faith promise, which is basically this. Basically this, you ask God what He wants you to give and you believe God to provide it. 
But our prayers a lot of times go like this. Now, God, what would you want me to give? Now, Lord, you be reminded, I got a house payment and a car I got my new car payment. I got a house payment. I got my light bill. I got my taxes due. God, you, now, God, you keep that in mind. Now, what would you want me to give? Instead, God, what would you want me to give? And I dare say, a lot don't even ask the question because you're afraid of what He'd ask of you. 84% of Americans believe God performs miracles. Less than 40% have experienced a miracle in their life. They saw no miraculous potential. Here's here's biggest thing. They saw no miraculous person. Jesus interrupts the bread debate. And none of the disciples even think to ask him to intervene on our food shortage. Nobody is saying they're arguing, they're debating. Man, I tell you, we, I tell you, I tell you what we can do. We'll take this loaf of bread and we're going, we can give everybody a little bitty slice. We'll have it all worked out. Nobody thought to ask Jesus, hey, Jesus, we've got one loaf. Reckon you could just, you know, multiply that 12 times. Forget about 5,000. We just need 12. You know, they didn't even ask him. They didn't even question him. They were on the boat with the Son of God. And never ask him. You come to church, but you never ask him. You raised your hand. You believe he's a miracle working God. He's seen your hand. He's coming back to you right now and saying, Why don't you ever ask me? Why don't you ever ask me? Is it? like I have done so many times in the last 26 years. Oh, Lord God, you love it when I confess because I'm just like you. When I have a situation, I say, okay, God, I pray for it as soon as I figure out that I can't figure out how to fix it. If I can figure it out, I'll just do it myself. I can handle it. Until it gets in such a mess that I've torn it up so much, that I've done, done wrecked it, that I've done made such a mess out of it that I can't fix it. Then I'll say, Lord, help! And I'll believe the Lord so many times. I said, why didn't you ask me to begin with? I think the Lord's like uh, Matthew Roper. Yeah. I used to work on my computers. Now I just tell him what's wrong with it. He said, don't you dare touch it. Don't you touch it. He said, I'll work longer trying to fix what you mess up than I can fix the problem myself. Just don't touch it. You just let me. That's the way God is. God comes to me and says, if you'll just ask me, I'll, I can take care of this. He said, if you'll just ask me. Ask me. Oh, a dozen dinner rolls would be no problem for him. In spite of all they'd seen him do, in spite of all the power he possessed, they never saw him as the answer to their problems 
I'm going to tell you that. And all they saw him do, all they seen his all they seen his power, they never saw him as the answer to their problems. How do you see him? My Sunday school lessons have been so good. Because it's all been about who he is. Some of you ought to get Sunday schools really good. Really good. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you see his person? Do you see him? As you read the Lord's words, he's, he's, how is it that you just don't understand? What he's saying is this. Why, why is it? What have I got to do? What have I got to do for you to believe that I've got to work for you, I've got to work in you I'm doing, and I don't want you to miss it. Here's maybe a better question. When's the last time you saw God do a miracle for you? When's the last time the Lord's worked a miracle in your life? Miracles didn't stop in the Bible. God's not dead. When's the last time you saw God do a miracle in your life? Then a question. Do you believe He's a miracle-working God? Is He asking you the question today? You personally, with every head bowed and every eye closed, let's all stand to our feet.